ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Good night, sir. It is a night to be green in the head. Green in the head. It is St. Patty's Day. I have not seen that shirt for a while from you, sir. It is one of my, it's from one of my favorite basketball players, Larry Bird. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, is your favorite player? What is? I know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, the Thursday Hangout. This is a show for you where we try to cover the topics be- that mo- mean the most to you in this show. If you haven't submitted a topic, a question, have no fear. All you got to do is drop in the chat and we'll try to add it to the show. If we unfortunately run out of time during the show, we will uh, add it to the very next show. Uh, oh, and by the way, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the Pacific Conference of Zelius. It is always good to see the people through my screen and not in real life because seeing people in the flesh just gives me the heebie-jeebies now. I'm sure it does, Zelius. I'm sure it does. I mean, uh, didn't it always, though? I don't think it is. All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's start off with... Um, with you know the some I, I mean we already knew I already told you this but we're coming to Momocon I'm like freaking like ecstatic the, the the closer we get the more I'm getting excited I wrote something up on on uh, the website uh, posted some links to the uh, the interviews that I've um, done I even did uh, a montage of pictures of the of our fan table over the years. I don't have a picture for every year, but I did throw some in there so you could see that there is definitely an evolution happening. It is a real thing. It is just not a figment of your imagination. Yes, yes. Now, of course, um, since, since you know I did post something about Momocon, I did want to uh, highlight a couple of names that may not be like the biggest names to everyone, but to me, it's like freaking awesome. And so I want to highlight uh, or talk about them real quick. Um, now, the first two are personal friends of Zelius and myself. So, you know, it's just kind of like, I guess, uh, promotion for buddies. That, of course, is Craig Campbell, uh, independent RPG uh, designer and publisher who owns Nurburger Games. He uh, is currently, I think he just started another Kickstarter. He's always uh, doing Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, he is doing so many freaking things, and he will have, um, from my understanding, he's getting a table in the indie game section. I think that's was uh, the the results of the Facebook conversation we had today. Uh, so I will definitely be checking out his booth. Um, the the other per, the other uh, friend of the show, big friend of the show, that is also going to be there is the one and only Eddie Webb, the creator of Pugmire and um, Marquis of Mao. Um, and he, of course, has like a ton of um, writing credits to his name. I think he has, I think he his name is in like over 150-something books for, nice. for like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and... Um, Transformers, Walking Dead, Futurama, Firefly, Red Dwarf, and WWE, and Sherlock Holmes. He's also, dude, I, I, I will, if you, if there's anyone out there who thinks that they are like an expert on Sherlock Holmes, 
Is he like an expertise? Dude, expert? this dude, this dude, Eddie Webb is like next level. Huh. You, so I wonder if, what he thinks of the like Sherlock Holmes TV shows. Maybe you could ask him when you come to, when you're at Momocon because he'll be there. Now, of course, uh, so I'm really excited about those two guys because I haven't seen them in a while, and, and um, it's always good to check in on friends. Uh, the other three that I want to—I mean, there's a ton of guests. I mean, there's tons of guests, lots of voice actors, and, and all that stuff, but. The three that kind of stood out to me, uh, they've got uh, Steve Downs, uh, who is the voice of Master Chief from Halo. And at the same time, they also have Jen Taylor, who is the voice of Cortana, Dr. Halsey, from the Halo series. So, and then, of course, this one is... These people, these the, the last uh, name is actually, um, it's a group. Um they have been to a lot of conventions and I don't know how I'm sure that they're very well known, but what they do at every single convention just blows my freaking minds. And then of course the chalk twins, they are their twin sisters who, who create these amazing humongous masterpieces with chalk. Um, and it is amazing what they're able to do. Have you ever been to uh, Chalktoberfest in Marietta? Is there a Chalktoberfest in Marietta? No, it's like a real thing. It's October for Chalktoberfest. Uh -huh. And like chalk artists from like around the world come and do artwork on the Marietta Square. Um, and they do some fan-freaking-tastic work. Like someone do like 3D work where it looks like it's 3D and it's like, oh, it's with chalk. And yes. You should definitely, you and the family should definitely go to Chalktoberfest in Marietta. And they got like food stalls and that kind of fun stuff too. Um, so no, it's a really cool thing. That I highly, highly recommend. Well, maybe I'll have to check it out. Uh, the other thing um, about uh, Momocon is that there was a, a bit, like I guess it's a little bit of a twist here. Um, there will not be an indie game award uh, for 2022. They're suspending that for this year, which is a little weird. But at the same time, I think they, you know, um, because they had to hold off for for a good chunk of time. And I don't know if they have if they've been able to grab all those people that were that usually judge the games. Because uh, they usually have some very recognizable uh, names to to be, you know, the people who evaluate all of the entries. And I think they also want to rework the um, the way that they do the indie uh, game awards there, because a lot of developers were getting pissed that you had these uh, these games that were being highlighted in the award thing, but they had no presence at the show. Like they didn't even have a booth. And I think that really they need to have, in my opinion, if if you are going to go for an award at a convention or an event or something, you need to have a presence there. Um, you know, there there were, um, the last time we what went to Momocon was- Like, what is the criteria to win the award? Right. Uh, the last time we were at Momocon, uh, 
there were a couple companies that basically sent kind of like oh, yeah. community managers. Um, they had a table. I mean, they, they could get to, you know, the nuts and bolts, but they were able to just show the game and be there to accept the award if they, if they were to win. Um, this is true. Which I'm okay. Look, it's, it's what it's when you're doing a raffle. Okay. If your number gets called and you're not present, they go to the next number. Okay. You have to be present. But, but then again, it's not like, I don't, I don't think it would be smart to be like, okay, game a one. Okay. No one's here from game a. Okay. Well, good thing. We got a backup. That that would not work either. Um, but yeah, and I think also because there are, because Bubacon continues, you know, the, the influence and the popularity continuously has grown. I think that, um, there are companies that, uh, are from outside the U S and so trying to figure out if they'd be able to get into the U S if there's going to be flight restrictions, all that stuff, that would be kind of hard to predict. Things are still a little bit in the uh, crazy level. Yes. 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 Crazy is, is, is the truth. We, we do the crazy is what we do. We still are a bit in the crazy, but that's okay. Speaking of COVID crazy and family all over the place. Um, Netflix has come out and said that they are going to Beta test a new way to combat shared accounts across households. Now, they are going to test this out in area in the countries of Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. And what they're going to do is um, they are going to launch two new features for those areas. Uh, one is called Add an Extra Member. Uh, and the other one is transfer profile to a new account. Uh, both will cost you or cost you or the, another individual money. Um, so basically for adding extra user members on a standard, a premium plan will be able to add, uh, sub accounts for up to two people. They don't live with each with their own profile, personalized recommendations, login and password. Um, it looks like it's it roughly translates into three extra dollars, uh, American dollars. Um, I'm sure people will be signing up for this. They're just doing it for free. And then, of course, you also have the uh, the transfer profile to a new account. So let's say that you know someone's like, "Oh shoot, I can't share my account anymore. I want my own because I watch Netflix enough." They'll you'll be able to take all of that profile information over to a new account. So you won't lose your viewing history, your likes, your dislikes, uh, and your recommendations and stuff. Yeah. I mean, for like, so I was reading and like one of the quotes was like, how do you expect families to handle password sharing in the case of divorces, their children or call students away from home? Well, in those cases, like this is just me, my personal opinion. Yep. If you're getting divorced and you're now separated, you should have two different accounts if your kids are at college and they're not living at home. My kind of simple line delineation is honestly, if you're not living in that household, you have a separate account. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my, and most people obviously don't think that way. Um, but that's kind of where I draw the line. Like if you're in the same household, sure. Do your thing. 
if you travel and you're out of the country or out of the state a lot, still use the same account. I get it. But if you're actually like your residence, even a college student is no longer at that house, to me, ethically, you should have an entirely different account. That college it, student shouldn't be worrying about Netflix. They should study. Damn it. They need to get their degree and make some money. Actually, then they can I have, have Netflix. Been, I'd be intentionally blocking them from my Netflix account so they have to study, good sir. I will restrict it with like parental control so they can only watch documentaries. No, no, no. I, look, look, if it, I mean, of course, this, this would be, I, I would be very interested to see how they are able to determine, um, like the, uh, different households yeah because first of all you don't have a static ip it's dynamic yeah. it's going to keep changes you can't lock onto an ip um if a lot of people do care about security and so they more and more people are utilizing vpns sure so you're you know f even if innocently you're 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 masking your location yeah. uh also you know, if it's really a, um, uh, you know, you we just want you to watch it in one area. Let's say that I travel a lot. Okay, I think that's a big one. Yeah. Let, let's say let's say that you know I'm a traveling salesman, and so while I'm on the road, when I go to Pittsburgh and Seattle and Denver, I'm not a traveling salesman. But let's just say <laughs> hypothetically, I'm moving all over the U.S. You know, and my family is at home in in Atlanta. You're saying that you're going to try to ding me for that. Um, my guess is they would probably look for more like geolocation if you're simultaneously using like two or three IP addresses, like in the same, like if you're using one commonly in Atlanta, mm -hmm. one commonly in Boston and one like in Washington state, my guess is that's more so what would trigger a red flag. And they're also being used simultaneously, I think is key. So, so if, my like, wife can't watch Netflix while I'm watching Netflix in Seattle. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, unless you learned to biolocate last night, then probably not. No, I, I mean, I, I, I understand the logic behind it because the fact of the matter is that company, the, these streaming companies that are strictly streaming, um, they, you know, they got to stay competitive. So they've got to keep, they've got to be able to pull in the big name, um, titles, the unique stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's basically like, uh, uh, creating your own library and just handing out books to your friends to borrow digitally or movies or music. Yeah. It's Napster, baby. Wait, we're back to Napster. Where's Lars Ulrich when you need him to sue us? Uh, LimeWire. And, uh, what's the Bear other thing? Bearshare. Bearshare. There it is. Actually, I remember when we'd use um, IRC to download, or I was told people used IRC <laughs> yeah. to download yeah. MP3s. Yeah, there, there was, there was, uh, yeah, and there was, uh, there was, uh, lots, lots of programs to help uh, do torrents. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and then well, I felt like, from what I heard, mm -hmm. like Napster was pretty. If it actually finished downloading, I'll put it that way usually actually ended up with the song you were looking for. But if you're like true, just like a random, like pirate Bay bit torrent link, mm -hmm. Ooh, you are definitely gambling at that point of what you're going to end up with. Um, you, 
off it end up with some very sketchy stuff you probably did not want to pay play around your parents yeah no but also i mean uh, this is what i heard from the early days of the the music streaming service uh pandora was that te- uh, that there that each song was stored as a temp file that if you knew how to get to the directory and you renamed it as an MP3, you could re- you could gain every single song that was playing on Pandora. Hypothetically, uh, theoretically, that's what I heard. Whoa, whoa that, that, that's crazy talk, man. Now, of course, they've ch- they fixed that shit, but I mean, guys, temporarily it was located on your computer, so yep. therefore it's actually your physical property. Isn't that how it works? Not according to Bill Gates. Well, Bill Gates. You don't own shit. Well, Bill Gates, you're embedding my body with microchips anyways. You don't own me, bro. You can't tread on me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sure. Speaking of music, though, uh, this is an interesting interesting thing that happened. Um, Many, many people out there probably have hit up YouTube uh, to uh, listen to... uh, a soundtrack for a movie or a video game or whatever. And usually those videos are just, um, fans that are hosting the video and it's, and it's probably just a still pick a picture of whatever the, the subject is. And then it's the, the music. Yep. Well, um, it looks like Bungie just went at them at a lot of YouTubers, hardcore. Um, they, the uh, music archivist for the games of Destiny and Destiny 2 are getting dis- dismantled. Um, so what is going on? This is beyond any single user video or track. They appear to be trying to systematically remove every Destiny OST video from um, YouTube. There are many videos still up, but there are entire channels that... Um, that did have the music and now are entirely gone. But here's here's the thing, though. If you get hit hard enough, there is a very good chance that not only will your YouTube account just disappear, but your Google account will be gone. Oof, yikes. Yep. Uh, so on the opposite side of that, yep. um, I think it was last week, I want to say. Um, so kind of along the same lines um one publisher developer who's always been known for great music is square enix mm-hmm. um especially their final fantasy series has some incredible compositions um and sometimes finding their tracks in a non-sketchy way has been tricky over the years um some of the songs i know from final fantasy 14 would definitely be whack-a-mole in terms of getting you know, they'd have it on there, taken down. Have it on there, taken down by random uploaders. Um, well, Square Enix has officially, um, they have their own official now Square Enix music um, channel where all of basically their Square Enix games with all the original OSTs are on there. Um, they can fully legally play, which is pretty cool. From my understanding, that Bungie has like kind of like this like archive that you can you can gain access to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you could get it for free though. I, I could be wrong, but from my understanding, the only way to get to this music now it would be to go through their archive. 
Um, the fun thing is, is the one in like Final Fantasy 14, like the playlist. Yeah, a bunch of it's still in Japanese, so you don't actually potentially know what you're playing. Yeah, you're fine. I'm like, it, I it's all know. beautiful it music. Cool. You'll be fine. I mean, it sounds cool. So does it really matter? Yeah, exactly. It's it's beautiful music. Yeah. Um, but apparently, um, the thing that's really, uh, I guess, scared a bunch of people is the fact that like the really big name uh, archivists uh, are now poof gone. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of the game you play where when you're hosting it on YouTube, a platform not belonging to you, right? Um, you're at their mercy. And it seems to me, at least logically, you should have some ability of recourse or a way where it just doesn't get nuked uh, because that was still a lot of work you put into it. But nonetheless, the reality is that you don't have that. That's um, just kind of how the system set up where, um, YouTube could just really for no reason, they could just do it because they're bored one day. Um, or moderator doesn't like you is your entire account could just basically go bye. -bye. Right. I think, I think the biggest issue is that this is, I mean, this was like a silent and swift strike. Mm -hmm. Um, barely anybody was given a heads up before YouTube started tearing everything down. Yeah, um, you know, usually well, you explanation too. Sometimes is they right? They don't. They're uh, because it's strictly Bungie. Um, I think they said that it was technically it wasn't. Uh, the Bungie is distancing themselves, but they're utilizing a third party to basically throw all the 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 copyright claims in. Uh, CSC. Um. I, look, once again, I understand that, that it is someone else's property. Um, I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's kind of hard to like, be like really angry, um, at, at the, or, you know, or I guess point fingers at the archivist. Because they were just allowing people to easily access the music. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, if they're monetizing it, then yeah, you 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 can't do that. But if you, uh. well, check it. It's like I listen to like I said before, but I listen to a lot of um, reaction artists on YouTube, and there was one. It was interesting. It was a couple of weeks ago, and a guy, and what he did is he actually reached it. He reached out to a lot of the actual artists. Mm -hmm. And then the publishers and then the actual, um, what's the third category? The distributor, I guess. Yep. And it was just kind of interesting to reach out to all of them and the different reactions got from them across the board. Every artist was like, this is the best thing ever. This is literally free advertising for us. Um, because it's basically, it's like kind of like the new radio. Some of these artists were like straight up like, yeah, we would not be as popular as we are right. if we were for like these different YouTube stations basically publicizing us. Um, but like most things, the more like decentralized it got from the artists who were directly influenced, we got the publishers and the distributors. They were like the distributors, I think, had no comment basically. 
Um, so it just kind of like, as you get further away, it's like, oh, I care less and less. But that's tricky because now you're basically dealing with three different entities of who owns that music when you're dealing like with basically YouTube. And they're usually live performances too. Um, so that you add another layer of fun to it. But I, I think it's interesting. I, 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 I think to me, it's also, are you adding value to it? So right, like exactly. Uploading somebody else's video with no actual, and that's actually something a lot of the responders gave too, mm-hmm. was like some of these channels where it's like giving like a breakdown of gear or they're giving like deep vocal analyzations of what the artist is doing. Yeah. Is also viewed differently than I'm just uploading a video where I'm rocking out to it. That really doesn't add any value to the original medium we're right. actually breaking it down and adding value and adding commentary. And like, this is what the band actually did. Now you've kind of differentiated it, which I agree with that a little bit where you're added value versus just uploading a video without actually doing anything of interest. Right. No, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's the same, it's the same logic behind, um, doing an, uh, you know, like video game streams or uh, game reviews. It's when you're utilizing for like game reviews, because I've been writing a lot of them lately, um, utilizing the game art to showcase something, yeah. to explain it, um, instead of just basically, um, yeah, d- just basically giving someone the game for free. Um, but speaking of games that I've been, that I reviewed for, God, I feel like I just re- like went on a rampage and wrote like four or five reviews this past I week. I know, I saw them, kept them popping up. Um, Detroit Become Human. Uh, oh crap, now, now I'm blanking out. What all did I write about? Hold on, let me, che- let me cheat real quick. Detroit Become Human, The Coma, Recut, uh, Backbone, um, and then I think I, yeah, those, those are the three that I wrote, uh, this what week. What was your favorite of the games that you played? Those three? Mm-mm. Uh, would be Detroit Become Human. And that was Quantic Dream. Um, definitely not a game for everybody, but it, it made me get in all in my feels and that's the important thing. <laughs> the Aquatic uh, Dreams feels, they are real. They, they're very real in that game. Dear God, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. So here, here's a question for you. What if an, what if an, a YouTuber were to make a remix of a licensed song and then post it? I mean, that's kind of like almost the, I mean, that is done commonly. Um, Right. But from my understanding that the, the Bungie or whoever was, was, uh, trying to knock out the remixes as well. I mean, that's basically, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but one of the originals who did this was, I mean, this has been around for, we were in college, is OC Remix. Yep. um, Who took a bunch of basically the old, sort of like the JRPGs like Chrono Trigger, um, and did the crazy remixes to it. And it's expanded since then, um, what they've done. But that was kind of like, I remember where they started. I remember listening to them back in the day. 
I'm honestly okay with it. I'm probably more on the much more lenient when it comes to copyright side as far as remixes. And I think a part of it is, and this were to be fair, it's hard for a publisher to be like, well, did he really put enough work and effort into right. it? It's really different. I get that because there's probably, otherwise there could be so many remixes out there. You have to be like, is this enough of a remix? Um, so to me, at least in a perfect world would be, you know, if there's a good faith effort, if you're putting in an actual remix to change it up, I'm good with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like, if you're changing like a note, or you're not really doing anything to me, that's just low hanging fruit and yeah, give it the ax. So I think to that, me, that definitely makes a difference um, of whether or not basically it's kosher or not. Of course, how you actually police that and differentiate it and define it, that's where it gets hairy. And I also get in that perspective, why it's easier just for the publisher to just bring the hammer down on everything instead of trying to be nuanced. because then to be fair, from the consumer, then it becomes basically that game of, well, mine's different. Why did mine get the axe? But this other one that isn't different didn't get the axe. So I see both sides in that regard. And I want, I want to, I, I do want to um, point out what Zelius stated about, you know, sometimes one, one company, one individual gets nailed, but the other one doesn't. And you think, oh God, the world's not fair. It truly is just to roll <laughs> the dice. So I mean, there is um, a uh, an idle game on the iPhone that is I, I've never seen anything more Harry Potter-ish mm. in my life. Even some of the items are Wait, like did straight you start from playing Harry that Potter. Same game I'm playing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I mean, like, okay, so yes, technically the, the two schools are not the schools, but like the classes, the the headmaster looks exactly like uh, Dumbledore. Um, ooh. Uh, Luna, and, like it's really Luna, Professor McGonagall, it's the same person, like in the opening screenshot. Okay, let's see here. We have a question from SNES Mapper. Should Valve release more hardware besides the Steam Deck? They tried. It was called the uh, Steam Box. Um, I feel like the Steam Box was almost like a beta trial for like Steam trying their stab at hardware. So they already had like that infrastructure in place. Like, hey, we've been down this route. We did that. They also had the controller, which... People I know who actually had the controller said it was great. Um, so it seemed like, it almost felt like to me, like they had all this money in cash they could just throw against the wall. Like, hey, let's get ready. Let's just make some hardware. So someday when we know something's actually going to work, we know how to do it. It's not our first time doing it. Well, so I think my biggest issue um, with Steam trying to do different hardware options was simply that when they decided to to with the steam especially with the steam box was that you cut off access to chunks of your steam library because it no longer worked on that platform um now with from my understanding um the the steam deck is much better at that and they're having smaller issues 
uh, I mean, you're, you know, they're having a much smaller number of issues uh, than they did with the Steam box. And also, I think it, it probably helps that the, the controllers integrated into the, to the actual unit. Um, well, I mean, I think a big part of this, they saw the success of the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think everybody oh, trying to find Steam. Steam wants to buy, you know, go into that market. And and once again, the the thing is, Steam uh, Valve has a very well established game library, which is why I thought, dear God, what the hell? Why would you release the Steam box and and basically not have access to your library? Uh, SNES Mapper says I think Gabe Newell said once that he regretted release the Steam Box. And he mm -hmm. should have. Because it was a you could plug the Steam Box to your TV. Guess what? I could plug my PC into the TV and I could play all my games. That was my um uh that was my argument. And of course I also got the um the alienware uh thing that looks like a Steam Box but it's actually a Windows PC. Um I remember that, that. We, we, well, it's our convention computer, so. Well, I think also the big thing with the Steam Deck and why it works well is you actually get good value for the money you're purchasing in terms of like frames per second, all those fancy stats. You get like actually like Apple hardware, but from an actual, well, at least the Intel stuff, you did not get good money for your dollar, honestly. Nowadays, you actually do with the new stuff. But like with what you get with the Steam Deck, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Apple where like you have like very defined paths you can take in your system. Um, but because it's so streamlined, you actually get now good return on that investment. Um, you look at what you get for the different models and they're actually well put together boxes in terms of the specs. And everything I've read about that, I don't have one, but everything I've read about the reviews is they're worthwhile systems. Um, there's not really much holding you back, especially with the current GPU shortage price gouging that's going on. Um, they're, they are a good investment of what you get. I think is also a big contributing factor to them. You know, I and I, I haven't researched this, so I don't know the answer, but um, one of the, the, bit, the bits of news that um, that we posted today was over the fact that the Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons uh, Gold Box collections are coming out at the end of the month, and yeah. and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, these are like games starting from that start were released starting from 1989 on, and um, one of the the caveats in order to make this work on uh, modern systems is that it's going to utilize DOS box. So I'd be very interested to see what uh, the steam, um, the, oh my Lord, the steam deck does when it, when it requires like a DOS box or something on top of that, uh, SNES mapper says, I think valve will make Nintendo think a few things for switch Two development. Nintendo does have the upper hand with their exclusive IPs that will always help them. And that's, that's the one thing that, that, um, Nintendo has had is that every single time they've come out with you know, their, their IPs, I mean, that drive sales. It isn't like, I think I could skip this one. Every it's, it's a must have. Well, and I think Steve, like Nintendo still its own kind of separate market out there where 
the Steam Deck might have some inroads on the Switch market, but I think by and large, I don't. You're still looking at two different audiences, really, of the Switch versus the Deck. All they have in common is the form factor. I think outside of that, I don't think people buying this deck aren't now going to buy the Switch if they're going to buy the Switch beforehand. Um, but that's just kind of my gut feeling about that. Where there's still that divide between console and yeah. and PC or Master Race. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you're right. You're still technically it's still two different. Um, I guess environments or, I mean, or, it, does, or it does kind of obfuscate it a little bit i'll say yeah um, i mean there's a little little more murky i mean think about the last generation of consoles is they were very much a media-centric device um because you not everybody had the built-in smart tvs and rukus laying around so i think the last generation was very murky in terms of that um with the 360 and ps4 or 3 whatever you had a lot of people were using those as their home entertainment console concurrently. Well, remember, remember, I mean, this has been years ago, but um, uh, Australia had a was having a huge problem selling PlayStation 4s, so they rebranded the marketing in their stores to, to just say, um, Justin, the new Sony PlayStation 4 Blu-ray player. They just mm-hmm. also plays games. They made the games an afterthought and just said, it's a really good Blu-ray player. And that's the only way they were able to sell it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the thing is, Nintendo, for all its craziness, has always decided to go the the a different route than try to complete uh, compete directly with Sony and Microsoft. I think for that. That's why they they thrive because they've been trying to do it differently. Now, they've still have no fucking clue how to do online stuff. But you know, is it the way to learn one of these decades? But apparently not. No, it's like, oh, you want Nintendo online? Like, no, I don't want Nintendo online. We're gonna make it as difficult as possible for you to figure out how to do it. Though it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. But yeah. Um, th- let me pause real quick to do friends of the, the show. Cause there are individuals out there who help keep the lights on for all confusion. Literally. Literally. They literally play for your lights. Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, they, they pay for the electricity for conventions. How about that? That's technically lights. All right. So, um, uh, an organization that I'm almost sure will be at, uh, Momocon, uh, is the one and only Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-E. Oh, my God. I, oh my, I cannot spell IndieCluster. I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. 
Man, that was. I apologize, Andy Cluster. <laughs> I, I I dropped some letters there for a second. It's okay. We we will somehow move on with life. All right, and of course the next uh, shout out has to be for the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. And, of course, the next one is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who helps me unbreak my back on a regular basis. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. And oh, by the way, he will be at Momocon. So if you're in the greater Atlanta area in at the end of May, you can come say hey to us and to... Him and, of course, enjoy one hell of a convention. And the final one, a uh, friend of the show that we'd like to talk about is Crosspat Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content. Crosspad Creative offers a full host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. For, inf for more information, just... Email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Yeah. And yes, since I keep saying that, that these people um, help keep the lights on, SAS Mapper, maybe we should get a sponsorship from a light bulb company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there. Uh, now, of course, since we did the Friends of the Show, I do also need to do some... Um, Ultra Confusion shout-outs in the first one. The one that is near and dear to our heart because we've done it so many times, and that, of course, is 11 straight years, is the fact that, ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion will be participating in Extra Life for the 11th straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Altered Confusion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course... If you want to donate to Ultra Confusion to help uh, become a friend of the show uh, or just help in any way you can, l let me tell you that Ultra Confusion has a Patreon page. Ultra Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you. And so we have a patron page. 
Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, demigods, undead, unrested, aliens, interdimensional beings, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. There are currently two, that's one, two, uh, tiers that for subscription. Uh, there's a $1 tier. That $1 tier is $1 a month or $12 a year. What that will give you is early access to all of the playthroughs that are that we post, as well as gain the ability to take part in polls and messages uh, that will help shape Alter Confusion. Now, if you want to take the step up and become a friend of the show where you get to have your name mentioned every single Thursday hangout, Thursday night hangout, it is a $5 level. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. You get your name or organization added to every to our thank you section for every Thursday night hangout and then everything else from the $1 level. So, if you want to be a patron for Alter Confusion, go to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to send something to Alter Confusion uh, for us to showcase on a show or for us to do a video about, all you got to do is mail it to us at 1551 Dunwoody, that's D-U-N-W-O-D-Y, Village Parkway. This next part is super important. This is the P.O. Box number, number 88276. That's right, number 88276. Uh, if it does not have that, it will go to the post office proper and they'll be returned to you within three to five business days. Uh, the city, once again, is Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. The state is Georgia. The zip code is 30338. I don't know why, but the returning of money sounds like a great way to launder money. Yeah, I don't. That's. Mm. Mm, I'm just saying. Let's not give people ideas, Zelius. Hey, you're the one who gave me the idea. I'm actually blaming you. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay. So, something, as everyone knows, or I believe most people know, today is March 17th. If you're watching this live, it's March 17th. If you're watching the recording, then when we recorded it, it was March 17th. And on March 17th, it's it St. Patrick's 17th, Day. Are you sure? Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. It was it's my uh, godson's birthday as well as my it was my grandfather's birthday, but also March seventeenth marks the twenty fifth anniversary of Toonami, a feature that's been a part of Cartoon Network for twenty five years. Um, Definitely, I've not seen it. Not gonna lie. What? I've not seen it. Toonami is is a is a section. It's basically like. Uh, oh God, I'm going to date myself, but there was this thing on Nickelodeon called Nick at Night. You know, it was basically just, it was uh, an area of programming. Uh, Toonami was more like anime, uh, pro I mean, it still is anime programming, but, you know, it features more of that style. Uh, Toonami, um, to, I guess, celebrate the... <laughs> The the occasion for it being the 25th anniversary, uh, Adult Swim has announced that there's going to be two seasons of the very interesting, very popular TV show FLCL, which is called Fooly Cooly, uh, which I'm sure Zelius has never heard of and seen. I've 
I, I think I own both seasons. There's going to be two new ones that's called FLCL Grunge and FLCL Shoegaze. They're currently in production. Grunge will be directed by um, the individual behind Appleseed 13. Um, and Shoegaze will be directed by uh, the individual that helped make FLCL Alternative, which is the second one, uh, and will be co-produced by uh, Project IG, which is the company behind Ghost of the Shell and Psychopaths. Um, now, uh, SES Mapper said, what is your favorite leprechaun in gaming? Ooh, I don't think I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I play many games that have leprechauns in it. I what mean, games have leprechauns? Let's start with that. Um, you know, I, I, I have to say that probably the, the closest I'm going to be able to get to my favorite leprechaun would probably be you know, some sort of um, MOBA that that offered up like a leprechaun skin for one of the characters. Um, I mean, I, I feel like Smite probably has the closest thing to a leprechaun in a game that I would have played. Uh, what about a leprechaun video game? Like based off the uh, movie? I'm sh Maybe they exist. I don't know. I don't no, I'm just saying, like, maybe that would be a way of doing it. Maybe we need a Leprechaun video game. Okay, so here, here's... Here, do you, When you think Leprechaun, do you think the horror, horror yes. movies, or do you think Lucky Charms? Definitely the movie. Oh, wow. Okay, here's a... Okay, so there's a game called Leprechaun Shadow. Uh-huh. Wow. Just, uh, wow. Take a look at the video. It's It's something. I'll look at it after the show. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was made in a as a full sale like graduate class. Ooh, is Tangle from Zelda a leprechaun? Uh, I think it's more. I think it's more f like <laughs> I'm gonna st this whatever. He's more like a fugly fairy. In my mind, I don't think the Tingle is an actual leprechaun, but Tingle is annoying as hell. Not as annoying as that fucking fairy goes, hey, hey, hey. But yeah, no. He kind of reminds me of like a little mini leopard demon. What, Tingle? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. think I don't think that Tingle's a leprechaun. No. Um, now I'm trying to think if there was. That just I, Leprechaun just is not really a something that I come across in any of my video games. No. O outside of if I were to play a sports game, I'd be the Boston Celtics. Oh, there you go. Shows I am. But is a Celtic it. truly a leprechaun? But he is a leprechaun. Um, okay. Um, Zelius was talking to me before the show about the, the, the Harry Potter, um, actually it's probably leprechauns in, in Harry Potter. It's some they of the lore, ones. sure. Uh, but there, of course, there's a new game that's coming up from Harry Potter, which is, kind of, and it's going to be an MMO, which is kind of ironic because back in the day when, in the early days of, of um, 
of uh, like Harry Potter fandom. They're like, uh, it's yeah. not going to last long enough. Um, I, okay, so SCS Mapper says Tingle is like a degenerate mix of Leprechaun and Fairy Boy. I can see that. It's like it's like the redheaded stepchild, the the bastard child of the of an unholy union. <laughs> but the game is called Hogwarts Legacy. Um, now Zelius heard some news that um, about microtransactions. Well, so according to so there is like a live demo today, basically of it, mm-hmm. uh, and it is a advertised as a immersive open world action RPG. I'm not gonna lie, the first thing that I read into that it streams microtransactions waiting to happen but according to the developers there are no microtransactions in harry potter's hogwarts legacy uh which point i think both charlie and i were talking we have a very hard time believing um and what i could believe personally is i think there's sometimes a little bit of a delineation of microtransactions of say like performance enhancement versus like just cosmetic only um and what i could see is if they meant like there's no performance enhancing microtransactions okay that i can believe but i have a very hard time believing that in a open world mmo rpg that's probably gonna be targeted towards kids because let's be honest it's harry potter um in a game that's full or in a world that's full of fantastic art and set pieces and things people wear depending on their houses. You got wizard hats and robes and wands and all these iconic things. I have a super hard time believing that there won't be at least cosmetic microtransactions. I I would actually be shocked, to be honest. Actually, Wikipedia is saying it's a single-player game. uh, I mean, the website literally... Oh... You know what? It actually does not say MMO. Yeah, I, I always I was under the impression that it was an MMO. It's immersive open world action RPG. Okay, so if it is not MMO, maybe it was one time I thought it was. I don't know, but you're right. Okay, I could be. Totally- yeah, I, I thought there was rumors that they were making an MMO, and maybe we just kind of uh, lumped that two. with the announcement of Le- Legacy being. Yeah, that's probably actually exactly what. Because you could create your own surprised. Legacy at Hogwarts. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's, that's my, I'm more surprised that there isn't a Hogwarts MMO. Um, so in that case, never mind. I actually kind of take back what I said because if it is single player, then okay, that actually makes sense. If yeah. I mean, if if the 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 fact of the matter is that if you're if for better or for worse, when you have an MMO or something online. There's going to be people out there who want to have something shiny and special that that differentiates them from other people, which is ironic because the vast majority of the world will of or that group of gamers will buy the same fucking thing to try to make themselves look unique, and then they all still look the same because they now all have that purple fuzzy hat, um, but they had to buy it the microtransaction. So if this is a, I mean, if it is a single player game, well, shit, then I'm probably gonna have to buy it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, and I think, oh my God, I just had a total brain fart. I don't know where I was going. Oh, I think games like, cause I know, you know, a couple of years ago we were talking kind of a little bit how at one time it seemed like single player games were dying. Yep. Um, 
But I think with the games like Horizon Zero Dawn, you had um, now Elden Ring with all the Souls games. Um, you it, had games well, it like, is, but it isn't a single-player game. What game? Elden Ring. Well, okay, I know you have the extra, but it's not a... Okay. Mm. I, I was going to say it's not a core element, but I also do get that it is an integral part of it, maybe is one way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I guess what I think multiplayer, I mean like directly interacting where I'm teaming up with them in a dungeon. How is that? Yeah. Um, but you do... It looks about... I think it helps to the success, don't get me wrong, but I still think the Souls games would be successful without the multiplayer element involved. Right. And and the other thing, I mean, the, uh, I mean, it is nice to see single player that there is still room for single player and, and actual story. I think, the key is, though, is, I think what's made a difference though, is their quality single player. Like I think the marketplace would show if there are terrible mar- single player games, yep. people wouldn't buy them. But when they're fantastic single-player games, people will buy them. And I almost wonder if publishers have, a, or sorry, not publishers, developers in this case, they have a little bit more, I wonder, creative freedom mm-hmm. to create these really cool games. You're not constrained by also having to, you know, balance multi. I mean, like, for instance, like balancing multiplayer is extremely difficult when you have different classes. Agreed. Um, and kind of like I was saying earlier, like I have extremely hard time believing that there's not microtransactions. If it was a MMO, inevitably for better or worse, you want to have to build a online game around microtransactions in some sort. Yeah. And maybe you are, maybe that's something we kind of seen unexpectedly, or at least I didn't expect Whereas some of these key elements, like maybe developmental freedom and there's certain things you can do in single player games. You can't do a multiplayer where, single player games have a longer shelf life than I had originally thought. I think, you know, to be honest with you, if I'm, you know, fingers crossed, we get our, uh, our email any day now about us doing the panel. Cause this is, this conversation right here is, 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 uh, a cornerstone to, uh, video games changing for the good question mark. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that it takes as long as the big name companies will continue to invest in making quality single player games, then yeah, single player will live on. If um, it also doesn't hurt the fact that a lot of the the companies that have been moving away from single player and more into multiplayer are now getting bad press because of bad practice, bad business practices. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think I mean there's the balance. I mean there's you know you got the single player games, you got the different types of single player, mostly RPG-ish type of games. You obviously though you still have games like the Civilization series, yep. um, or City Builder games. So I think there's still absolutely that marketplace for them. Um, and you think about it, like Elden Ring is like one of the fastest selling games in the last number of years. Um, here it is, a single-player game. Oh, no. What? Uh, There's, speaking of Elden Ring, uh, there was just a patch that was made that um, that nerfed 
nerf some of the OP builds that helped get uh, many players through hard sections of the game. Mother effer. <laughs> Only Elden Ring would be Okay, like, but seriously, let's talk about that. You, why would you stat tweak a single player game? I'm sorry. You're enjoying yourself too much in this game that's supposed to punch you in the nuts 27 times. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But Are you still playing Elden Ring or have you? No, I've thought through that. So I'm, I've been playing. Uh, I've actually been playing. Let me see if I've still got Steam open here. I'll got cheat. Um, there's a game that I've been playing called Potato Flowers in Full Bloom, oh. which is an RPG, which is actually really solid, uh, but I'm in a really grindy part right now, so I'm kind of um, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, what happens is it's kind of like it's old school uh, first person um, like dungeon crawler where you're moving one section at a time, oh, and yeah. you see the enemies. And you walk into the same square as the enemies, and then you, it initializes combat. You have to, um, you of course have your uh, uh, health to consider, but you also have stamina. You'll, it, of course, it's kind of like your action points. Every single action has a different, you know, if you swing your sword or if you do a special attack, that requires a different amount of stamina. And uh, at some point, you're going to have to rest to regain that during a battle. Thankfully, at the end of the battle, all of your health and stamina is returned. Unfortunately, your spirit points, which is kind of like your mana, does not uh, replenish until you go back to the base. Interesting. So it's not like you can just throw fireballs till the cows come <laughs> home because once your spirit points are gone, you got to go home to get them back. I've not played a RPG game like that in a long, long time, sir. Yeah. But another game, and I don't know, you might be interested in this. Another game I've playing, it's a much more laid back game. Uh, but it's also, it is a city builder. Yeah. It's Ooh. called Airborne Kingdom. You're basically building a floating city. Uh, and you've got to, you also have to do resource management. You got to make sure you have enough coal to keep your, your uh, city afloat. Because that's what mm -hmm. it's burning on. Uh, water and food to feed your citizens. Uh and then, of course, you also have to collect resources so you can have like building materials. But the interesting, the interesting thing is that uh, you you have a, a certain amount of like lift limit. Like once your ship, once your city gets too heavy, you need to gain something that allow for more lift to keep it up in the sky. Uh, also, the heavier city, the slower it will go. So you have to invest in like propellers to make it move faster. Uh, there's research trees to you know get more. Uh, like efficient fuel management. Um, you could build, uh, you can do research to stack uh, housing units on top of each other so you don't take up so much space. Um, and you're exploring this world, and as you explore, you gain new citizens. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, oh, that's the, really the, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I like on a whim, I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And then, um, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, Airborne Kingdom for the win. <laughs> it is add to my wish list. Sweet. Um, let's see here. 
Um, is it one of those games where like it kind of in a way guides you with quest, like go get this research upgrade. I'll give you two platinum. So, so a lot of it is you're, you've, you're in like, you're trying to discover this world and you've got to interact with kingdoms to basically build, uh, to, to create your, your super kingdom in the sky. Um, so you have to build alliances and at each, each like kingdom location, they're going to send you on a quest. Okay. And that quest is you got to go over there and find, there's some people who got lost in a sandstorm, go find them. Or they, they want, uh, they may need um, building materials and a couple of your citizens to help build, rebuild something that broke in their city. Um, uh, there's also... There's also like um, happiness levels on this in the city. There's also there's random settlements throughout the world that you could go recruit uh, individuals from as long as you have houses and food and water, and they'll come join your kingdom if your if your happiness level is at a certain number. Uh, as you progress through the game, once you hit certain milestones of citizens, your citizens will require more needs. So in the early going. Until you get over twenty five citizens, you you don't have to worry about anything. And then yep. they want, then yep. they're like, you know, by the way, <laughs> it gets really dark at night. We'd like for our pathways to be lit. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find blueprints to find uh, lamps and stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. And those blueprints you you bu you purchase from uh, these the kingdoms, uh, and the currency is relics that you find in these like lost. Uh, uh, like historical sites that are or lost runes that are sprinkled throughout the place. So, gotcha. yeah. I mean, no, that I sounds like an interesting game indeed, sir. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I believe unless Zillius has any closing thoughts, I think we've got through everything we need to do through. Nope. I've just been basically playing, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is my uh, current video game of choice, and I just can't stop playing it. What about uh, the um, uh, Idol oh, Magic Academy? Oh, no, I definitely still check in on that, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it actually is just the right balance for me of idleness, if I let it sit there, versus I could check in and click a few things, check my mystery castle, check those things, and upgrade my stuff, and then... Let it go idle again. Yeah, I'm completely maxed out in the first uh, first school, and uh, the second one, uh, I just opened up a new um, uh, class. So yeah, I'm on the third. I'm on the third school right now. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, it's as I'm sure it's hard to imagine. It's more of the same, sir. Yep. Um, yep. But they at least do change up like the classrooms and how many shops versus classrooms or dorms there are. So they change up a little bit, just enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's just, there's just enough variety um, to, to keep it fresh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday night hangout for myself, Charlie and Zealys. It's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts will be back next. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.